0: and welcome to Fun with Cars episode 132. We're here to cover the Detroit Grand Prix. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this one, but it's a, it's a big event. That's right. I am Jim Lau. And who I'm, are you? I'm, I'm I'm the other guy. I'm the person that isn't Jim. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So, Robin, yes. Warner.
1: So, Robin and I, yes. we, we had a conversation sure. last weekend around the time of the Monaco Grand Prix. Yes. Uh, which was also the time of the Indy 500. And our discussion was kind of around, is IndyCar cool anymore, or was it ever? or But just sort of like, how does that compare in the modern age with the current crop of IndyCars and compared with sort of F1 and there's all these scandals about, all oh, people aren't driving full, you know, 10 tenths anymore. Sure, and there's sure. tires and blah, blah, blah. Like, is IndyCar cool and worth interesting? And kind of how does it compare to... You know, IndyCar versus F1 in 2013 and just as a general spectator and fan of, you know, follower
0: of the series Right, and in a nutshell, I basically said I used to love what was then called Champ Car and is now IndyCar, I used to love it I used to think it was actually better racing than F1 more interesting for me to watch I slowly migrated to F1 never turned back, nowadays I kind of feel like, ah, uh, IndyCar's okay it's cool, but it just isn't what it used to be, it's a little bit too Mickey Mouse for my taste.
1: Right and my my th- my take was if anything um hey let's give it a chance like you know I think one of your one of your points was you know what these cars look wonky and <laughs> they do Okay, because well, they do well they do but uh, I think there's there's something to that so you know this is a couple years ago when they came out with the, the you know the next generation car which is now the current generation car yeah and I they, think you could say that the
0: current Indy car is not synergistic enough nah. I think let's go ahead and go there so I,
1: there were some interesting different uh, different uh, proposals one of them of course was the Delta Wing yes but these were not action items <laughs> well this business Instagram really has changed the way you speak, doesn't it? It certainly has returned on my investment. Ah, has it though? Has it really? Anyway, (laughs) um, so so first of all, okay, obviously IndyCar did not choose a delta wing chassis. That would have been kind of amazing, having seen the delta wing. And we're still, I'm definitely still a follower of kind of what it's doing with Le Mans and the American Le Mans Series and all that. Yeah,
0: it's interesting enough to keep your eye on. So yeah, it, it was in Le Mans as a Garage 56 car, and then it was in the ALMS. And it was competitive against the uh, Le Mans Prototype 2 cars, which is an ALMS class for Le Mans-style um, open cockpit cars, but not quite as powerful as the full-on prototypes.
1: Yeah, so anyway, it would have been really cool to see a, a field full of Delta Wings, like, just like the kind of look and feel and sound and everything, but I do think it may have been a bit too radical for, you know, that all Indy cars would be Delta Wings. I mean, that was probably a bit ambitious, but... Hey, sometimes but they can a, still be pretty. A bit ambitious is cool. So what they ended up with um, is a is it a Lola? I don't even know
0: who who makes these ones. Uh, um, Lola's fine with me. Yeah, it's uh, Delara maybe. No, I don't think it's Dallara. I thought Delara was out, but yeah. Uh, either way, it, we don't. We, I guess we could have looked at some into it. manufacturer. We don't know. With some. Thing. So
1: the thing is, it's got. Uh, they, this was also around the time of Dan Weldon's death, and you know some to wheel contact that ended up sending his car up into the into the fence and causing some issues and so on. So I think a lot. It was very tiny that a lot of attention was being paid toward wheel-to-wheel contact, um, you know, and, and making that avoidable, trying to make that as safe as possible, just, uh, you know, right after a tragedy like that, I think, you know, the series is very,
0: very careful to uh, to look at that carefully. Right. So, Which, so, if you don't happen to know, the Indy cars' uh, bodies extend wide enough such that, and this extends out from the side pod and then is re-entered again uh, beneath the rear wing, it blocks the rear wheels from touching um, there's fender there to rub, as opposed to a wheel, to get that you know over the over the wheel effect. That changing gears uh, conversation they've talked about, which basically will send one car in the air.
1: Yeah. So it's the, the shape is a little bit weird. I mean, if you look at it from the top, it is you know it's it is more
0: open around the front wheel, so it is still open wheel. But I the will tell on, you honestly that I would rather have a step nose on these cars than what we've got in the rear. So it really, really
1: falls apart for you then. A bit, a bit. I, see, I think it looks kind of cool. It looks a little bit more like a sports car in the back, like a Le Mans prototype car or something. It's not a full fender over the wheel, but there is a, a rear bodywork behind the wheel. Right. One thing that I think is cool about that is that it it provides them a cool place to put a camera. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, when you wow. see onboard shots where you can see the movement of the rear wheel with respect to the body, and then onto the front wheel as well, it gives you a good idea of kind of how much the car, how much is moving on its suspension, how much is leaning through corners and stuff like that. And then when you go right close to walls on street circuits and stuff, then um, that's, uh, you know, I think it provides for a cool camera angle. And I think it's kind of a cool look for the car. I I actually kind of kind of dig that. So overall, the cars aren't as cool looking as F1 cars. I think that's I think we can all agree on that. Oh, Um. but um, but it's for for what it is. I mean, that's, you know, you know, I think. Safety is good. I'm, I'm pro-safety. I don't think many people aren't.
0: Well, that, that um, is bold of you to say. And, I mean, here's here's where we're getting at, though. This, this discussion didn't end in an agreement. We agreed to disagree, which Jim and I are not very good at. But we decided to nip this one in the bud, and that's why we were being serious. We are at the Detroit Grand Prix. It takes place in Belle Isle. It is not, unfortunately, involving F1 cars, but fortunately... The headliner event is an IndyCar race, which we are going to see. So,
1: we get a first hand opportunity to figure out okay, well, what do these things look like in person in 2013? Yes. Um, you know, the sound is, of course, a big a big factor, and we've had the two seater uh, IndyCars yes. driving around
0: in the background here. The sound I, I'm I'm so far disappointed in. Really?
1: Yes. It's, it's not bad. It's I mean, not good. There, okay, there are worse sounds in the world than, there a, are than an IndyCar VA. In the world. All right. Um, well, so, for example, one of the support races, the Pirelli World Challenge Series, um, has these pretty serious GT cars that are yes. s- basically are like a Le Mans spec GT. I mean, it's a you know pretty much an international GT car. Um, and the Cadillacs in that series, the Cadillac TTSV v oh, is rumbly. a just big bore GM V8, and that is a
0: beautiful sound. Oh, it is a rumbly... I mean, listen, at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that Jim and I love that are uh, awfully European, but... We're Americans, so we have to love big V eight sounds, and and we do. We and, and hot dogs, and hot dogs. Also, there's all. Oh buff. my God! If you're eating a hot dog and hear a big V eight sound, ah, um, nom, num, it's it's beautiful. So, Indy cars, they make V eight sounds. I mean, those are they
1: don't. They make Wincy. whoa, I'm a V eight to Me. Really? It's like that for you, huh? Roughly. Okay, well... Besides, they're V6s. Are you... Okay. Are you afraid of uh, 2014 F1 sounds?
0: Are you, are you thinking that that's going to suck when the uh, <clears throat> we get to new engines? Well, it'll be interesting to see with the F1 cars. I mean, the big thing that uh, IndyCar used to have on par with Formula 1, not quite, but near, um, was that screaming high red line. You know, an an, Indy, an car. Or a champ car wouldn't go to 18, 19,000, but it would go to 15,500, 16,000 revs. Yeah. And really scream. And they were these 2.65 liter turbos for a while that were pretty fantastic. Now they're right around 11,11,000, 11,500 11, RPMs. Not that great. Hmm. And uh, so if Formula One gets big on rev limiting and brings it, brings it back down to like 12,000 RPM or 11,000 RPM, That'll be a decline in the sound quality, as far as.
1: Well, okay, yeah, uh, lower revs. I mean, usually, like, kind of one, right when it starts to get interesting, uh, then they have to shift. You know, that's no right. good. It is kind exactly. of fun when you really let it let it wail and exactly. um, and, and do that. But I think um, you know, it's it's interesting with being here in person with the Indy cars, for example. Like on TV, um, in my experience anyway, you know, F one cars sound. Like a pretty, you know, precision kind of thing. You know, it's really fast gear changes. It's whaling up to the gears. It's the whole thing, and it sounds like it's you get you hear the real high frequency part of it and yeah. it's kind of the screaming. But what you don't get, and I remember the first time I heard F1 cars in person, which was '06 in England, um, is the the all the the backfiring. You know, this was they were doing you know, exhaust blowing and stuff. Right, um, right. So it was, uh, uh, you know, all the backfires on downshifts, all the kind of like bass that you don't get through the TV mics. Right, and this kind of like raucous fiery nature of it. So maybe there's a bit more of that with IndyCar as we watch this race. Maybe there's, you know, that seeing them in person, uh, feel, you know, feeling kind of what they're like as they go past and all that. There there could be
0: something in there. Yeah, but here's the thing. Remember, remember the story I told you as we walked into the grandstands. So Belle Isle is an island just north of Detroit. It actually really is a beautiful place and does give you a reminder of the legacy of what Detroit used to be less than 100 years ago, really less than 70 years ago. It used to be a grand, wealthy area, thanks to the American manufacturers. Anyway, when I came to Belle Isle for the first time, it was in 2000, to see the Champ Cars race here. And the first thing I heard was the Champ Cars wailing off in the distance. And it was a powerful enough sound that I told my mother. I said, Mom, I have to race. I have to race. I have to do this. This sound is so incredible. I have to do this. And that started my four years, two years in karting and on the Formula Dodge cars, and uh, the national championship where I was faster than Sergio Perez, by the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not to put too fine a point on it. So, do you know
0: what the what were the engines then? Were those in two thousand? I'm pretty sure it was the 2.65 liter Cosworth turbo V8.
1: Right on. So I just looked it up because I actually didn't know. Um, The current spec, 2013, uh, IndyCar engines is 2.2 liter.
0: Okay. Okay. Oh, it's 2.2 liter. Okay. This is the current spec. Because I was going to say it was 3 liter V6s for a long time, and they were 3.5 liter before, but it was kind of similar to Formula 1, except instead of V10s, they were V6s. So it was a 3 liter V6, I thought, for a long time. Maybe I'm completely wrong.
1: Well, this is, uh, I've got the Honda specs page in front of me. Oh, so okay. it right. is a 2.2 liters, which is 134.25 cubic inches, um, turbo V6, aluminum alloy, okay. sweet, um, and there's lots of other, um, you know, the connecting rods are made out of machined alloy steel and all kinds of other stuff. Um, interesting side note, the ECUs
0: are McLaren Electronics, um, same yeah. as F1. Uh, so th- I do remember them saying they were going to go to v turbo V6s as well, and that was one of the things that kept Honda on, because Honda was getting disappointed in the deal, and now that it's Honda and Chevy and Lotus, that was the new engine spec. I forgot that part.
1: Yeah, so now, now we know. Um, I had forgotten that, and, you know, that's kind of the thing, I guess, for us. With IndyCar, you've got a couple of different engines. You've got three um, engines to choose from, but the cars are all basically the same, and there's not the same kind of constructor um, mentality. I mean, that's that's not nearly as big a
0: part of the sport uh, as, as of course, it is for F1. So There's certainly a difference between... A very clever engineer and a not as clever engineer, depending on your race team, certainly. But yeah, it's not anywhere near to the same level that Formula One is.
1: Right. So that's and that's of course part of what I what for both of us as more engineers uh, than than just you know super you know passionate followers of one particular driver. You know, part of what's interesting about F one for us.
0: I do think I've synergized my engineeringness more now that I'm done with business. Ah. Okay. <laughs> I don't even
1: know what you're even saying. No anymore. one knows. That's what's not even about you. It. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, it's just on the technical side, it's just not nearly as compelling. You know, nothing's compelled us to sort of, oh, man, IndyCar, they're coming out with a new spec. What's it going to be? What's what's cool about it? Because there's not that same
0: level of competition going back and forth. But you can say that about GP2 as well. And so what makes that one interesting is, okay, you're getting to the next level, but also the racing itself is quite exciting. And that is where there's hope. Yeah. And we'll see. I don't know. I mean... We didn't even pay that much attention to the Indy 500. It was very cool that we had a first-time winner in Tony Canon. And uh, I was very happy for that guy. He's had a long career with mixed levels of luck. But it wasn't something compelling for us to want to watch. Instead, we watched Formula 1 coverage, Formula 1 extra coverage, and did our podcast. About Formula 1. <laughs> About Formula 1, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, I will give IndyCar m- much credit for coming to Detroit, though. I mean, yes, that you know, is true. I mean, you know, they're in our, not quite my backyard, but, you know, really not that far away. If this was your backyard, I'd be pretty jealous. That would be pretty cool if this were my backyard with a racetrack in it. Um, and it's a pretty legit racetrack. We had issues last year with, uh, during the IndyCar race specifically, um, the pavement was coming up. There were problems with the asphalt. They had to repave it sort of during the race, which is not the best, uh, you know... Not
0: uh, great not, in timing, no. Yeah,
1: not, not the greatest, you know, PR move for Detroit to say, hey, come race here, and then we do, and then
0: there's... <sighs> You know, it's falling apart Right But uh, so a lot of it's Well, repaved. but also I have to say One of the things That's great about this race Is this is the brainchild Of these days anyway Of Roger Penske Yeah Whom even Formula One folks Must know and have respect For the guy I mean, he raced in Formula One uh, And not himself But had a team in Formula One And has been a powerhouse In Champ
1: Car IndyCar Yeah and uh, it's really been, you know, his baby. And what was it? Oh five, oh six, or oh six, oh seven? When there was first the return of the Detroit Grand Prix, right, um, right. You know, since the cart day, since you know, two thousand or oh one, there was many years where it was not, not here. And of course, before that, uh, there was the uh, Formula One the Detroit Grand Prix. Yes, uh, we drove past uh, on what would have been part of its part of its racetrack uh, on on the way here to the track today. It was right in front of the Renaissance Center. Um, and that was, um, I guess, early nineties. I think there was. I think there was a nineteen ninety two was like the last one. Uh, um, yeah, I
0: mean, the, it was uh, mid-'80s to late-'80s for sure. Yeah. I thought it was more like 83 to 87. Uh,
1: well, I know there was, uh, I think Rubens Barrichello has the lap record of the Detroit circuit. And, uh, was that still uh, I think when it was, it was the, a city course, or was that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, through the Renaissance and all that, So, or right around the Renaissance yeah, Center and all I, that. So, yeah. There oh, whatever. There That's was, awesome. there was yeah. F1 back in the day um, but it was never I don't
0: think a brilliant course for, for F1 although um, I will say better than the Dallas Formula 1 event. then I enough. saw pictures of that and that was pretty bad oh and then there was another one um, in Las Vegas that was even worse it was like literally a parking lot it was lot. a parking lot yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, it's like the, the top level of a parking structure or something. But, yeah, so <laughs> it's uh, so I give IndyCar a lot of credit because uh, – or, you know, Roger Penske for putting it together. And, you know, there's been this, this street circuit, uh, sort of a street circuit, park circuit, I guess you'd call it, um, you know, on Belle Isle because it's, it's, these aren't daily uh, – you know, this isn't a main thoroughfare of anything. It's all on this park. It's I guess probably like Albert Park in Melbourne, where it's
0: you know it, it is public yeah, streets or, when it's I mean, not here. What's the name of the area where uh, for the Montreal Grand Prix, the Canada, the Canadian? Oh, Grand Prix. what is that? Park Jean Drapeau, I yeah. think, or whatever. I mean, it that's is. basically yeah. that's really similar. In fact,
1: on the island, kind of follows the shape of the island. Yeah. That's that's a good call. Thank you. Yes, thank you. On the Ile de Notre Dame there. It's the, so we're on the, the oh, Notre Dame. So we're on the Ile de Belle Isle. Also, yes. I guess all of that's all French anyway. Um, and French, right across, from, right across from Canada as well. I and mean, we've got Detroit on one side of the river from us and uh, Windsor on the other side of the the river so it is a little bit international in that way but uh, but yeah it's a pretty cool track not F1 standards it's not amazing for the track but it's cool that it's local and it kind of makes sense because we can see uh, GM World Headquarters right here Um, we know Ford is GM
0: World Headquarters which I have to point out by the way is former World Headquarters of Ford Motor Company because uh, Ford was a Ford were the people that built the building right in the first place right um, Although, I guess, actually, I don't know if it was ever
1: World Headquarters, now that I say that. Yeah, I know I mean, Ford it, they, built the it, building. It was their deal, and then they sold it to GM. Yeah. Man. Um, but either way, so it's, you know, it, of course, is still the Motor City. I mean, Detroit, they're still, you know, the, not the big three anymore, but the Detroit three manufacturers of um, Ford, GM, and Chrysler are all mm-hmm. still based in the area, and so on. Obviously, it's why we're here with the industry that we are, and so well, on. Well, And we have a lot of,
0: we got have a lot of followers in England, and I think England's got to give us a little bit of respect, because Ford of Europe is in England, and a pretty popular company there, and Ford... Europe does their own thing, they do it very well, but they ultimately rely on Dearborn. So, yeah, buddy. So, it's cool
1: that there's a race here. Um, you know, there is a motorsport following. It's, you know, we're not certainly the only people in the stands here. There are plenty of people that come out and show support. And there are lots of Corvettes on the track right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a, some uh, Corvette club going. So anyone that's a Corvette enthusiast uh, would be quite pleased by all the Corvettes. Uh, not loud enough to be heard here because these are street cars, not, uh, not race cars. Well, but, and going at very Corvette owner speeds. About 35. About 35. Um, yeah, and I've, you know, so we've done... Involvement, uh, you know, with uh, various car clubs and different things. You know, over the years, the uh, Detroit Grand Prix has been here. Um, We've been out here for, you know, work and play in various capacities for for different things. And it's always, uh, you know, it's
0: usually always a good time. Yeah. And, you know, this has uh, real high possibilities for proper hooning, too, if if one were to get the motivation and the money
1: Hmm. and luck. Right on. So... We're curious, uh, I guess from uh, from our fans' point of view and so on, um, how many of you out there, I think it's pretty safe to say that pretty much everyone that, that follows this show is a fan of Formula One, um, <laughs> but uh, how many people follow IndyCar? You know, certainly every once in a while we'll have IndyCar stories and things are interesting. Yeah, but and give us of,
0: your pros and your cons.
1: You know, what do you think? Uh, are, are we, uh, you know, are we off the mark? Is IndyCar really amazing and we just don't get it? Or, uh, you know, kind of what... <laughs> Uh, you know, just kind of, what do we think about that? Um, do you remember, now, the new F1 engines are 1.6 liters, they're supposed to be, is that right? Mm, yes. yes. So these are 2.2 liter turbo V6s now, and it's going to be 1.6, you know, 1.6s, so you know, smaller displacement, but with but, the I way mean, the
0: engineering goes into it and the exhaust and so on. Well, and, and the other thing, too, I mean, these are 2.2 liter V6s with yeah. zero hybrid style assist. And yeah. And the Formula 1 PERS system is going to become way more powerful when the new engines come on. Uh,
1: so there's an interesting point for you. I actually really like the sound of, like, electric race cars, um, which is kind of a cool sentence to even have. That the, the, yeah. Here we are in 2013. But... Uh... So pretty much right now, that's, that's Le Mans cars. That's the Audis and Toyotas. Yeah, um, but yeah. there is something just really kind of cool about the, that that whine that they get. You know, electric road car just doesn't really sound like anything. It's just kind of a golf cart sort of thing. But um, when you get, you know, some really proper por- torquey electric motors and just kind of this <laughs> kind of like cool sound that when the Toyota Lamont cars, when they leave the pits, when they do it all under electric power and then like halfway down the pit line, fire up the gas engine and tear off from there. That's really cool. Like it's not, it's not the same kind of you know sensation, of course, as, as these you know these Cadillac V eights rumbling not. by, as we talked about. Oh, uh, raw! That's that's the one. That's the sound. But there is still something really quite cool about that. So I don't think that the uh, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about different options for the F one cars and stuff. If there would ever be a time where it's running under KERS only and have an actually cool like electric sound to it, I guess we can watch Formula E for their for our good electric sounds. But. Um, <laughs>
0: But yeah, I mean the I overall would power around outlet- Formula E. Except I know what would happen. Sergio Perez would come in, and ooh, I'm Sergio Perez, and ooh, yeah, that's
1: that's kind of what he does. He's, he's <laughs> elbows out, man.
0: He he is elbows out these I, days, so you I gotta watch I am holding out. the grudge again. I don't know what happened.
1: Yeah, it's like you went from not caring to all of a sudden it's it matters again.
0: Um, I'm just coming up with bad jokes to respond to that, but I'm not gonna. Fair My enough. Voice is crackly enough as it is today.
1: All right, so we thought we might get some uh, IndyCar drive-bys in the background of our of our episode here. Uh, we haven't gotten that now. I think they're they're having ride arounds for car clubs and stuff like that. So uh, we may check back in a little bit later with some more sounds. But um, basically, yeah, we're curious to know um, who of you are, are avid followers of IndyCar or sort of casual followers. I guess I sort of put us in that category or yes. just slightly sub-casual. I mean, I TiVo them and sometimes we'll, we'll watch the races and see what happens. But, every, you know, there are moments of really good races and uh, really good, you know, um, the end of the Sao Paulo IndyCar with uh, James Hinchcliffe coming around in the last corner, passing Takuma Sato to take the, to take the victory. I mean, that's cool when it's you know the very last corner. That's you know not just coasting through the end of the race and right. and letting it settle down. It's like really
0: pushing right to the end. Like there's some cool moments. There's some good stuff. in there. And I mean, for our Formula One fans, the fact that Takuma Sato is in IndyCar is kind of cool. Rubens Barrichello was there last year and uh,
1: never did all that well. Never did and, all that and, well. And, and
0: you know. There, of course there's other things to go I mean Sebastian Bourdais was in Champ Car uh, Juan Pablo Montoya was in Champ Car so obviously there's a connection between these two and uh, certainly uh, South America has a strong presence in Formula 1 they have a really strong presence in IndyCar as well so there's a lot of ties but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll settle in, watch a bit of this racing, and then maybe, maybe get back to you guys again. But we're very curious to hear how you guys feel about it.
1: So let us know on funwithcars.com and or Facebook and Twitter and whatnot, and uh, we'll t- talk, uh, talk to you soon.
0: Was that crying? Was someone crying? Why, did, why is that on the thing? It doesn't sound like crying. It sounded like...
1: That's crying. Okay, it, it is not as good a sound as
0: Formula One. I think I don't think anyone is really going to disagree with that. <laughs> uh, Well, it's good to agree. It's good to agree. Right. I uh, like agreeing to agree more than agreeing to disagree. This is a good thing.
1: Yeah, it does not sound like crying children or, or whatever wah. it is you're... Yeah, it doesn't doesn't quite
0: whee, whee.
1: sound like that. To and me. then when the two cars are
0: together it's like Wee Whee <laughs> Oh racing. Excellent. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> Alright, so we started the race uh live. Watched we did. watched through uh half of it or so, um and then actually came came home and finished it on TV. And it was kinda of cool to uh have the, the bit of both where we did get the excitement of the start and yeah. the, the enthusiasm and the sound and whatever, and then go home to get the clarity of what's going on on TV and being able yeah. to fast forward through commercials
0: and yellow flags. And there were many yellow flags. That was A little bit of an ABA experiment, right? We've seen it at home before. We saw some it live. Like, okay, let's go back and see it at home again. And then we can talk about it more fully. I'm going to have to tell you it was not entirely won over. I mean... Certainly, they have some things going on. It is racing at the end of the day, and, you know, there's, there's only so bad racing can be. It's still amazing. But in my opinion, it has declined from its peak in many ways from what it used to be. Okay, so Basari's the wonky-looking cars,
1: and the engines, which you think sound like crying children. Which, because they're crying. But Okay, but there, was, there were some good moments. There was some wheel-to-wheel action where no one flipped over and died. There was um...
0: the, the, the no one flipping over and dying part is a positive. Yeah. I'll admit that. Yeah. I agree with that. But the cars are not anywhere near as impressive to look at or hear or watch uh, compared to Formula 1, or indeed the champ cars were not that long ago. So is that, a, is that a horsepower thing, or is that a... Partially. I mean, the one of the most astounding things of a Formula One car is how late they get on the brakes and mm-hmm. how early they get on the power. And when they do both of those things, how quickly the speed changes, how quickly they decelerate, how quickly they accelerate again and off their away. Champ cars used to be like that. Champ cars used to have over 900 horsepower. Champ cars were not as... Uh, commanding on the brakes as Formula One cars, but they weren't that far off. And today's Champ Car has over a hundred less horsepower than an SVT Mustang. The I mean, Indy car. Yeah. Indy car. Yeah. Whatever.
1: Yeah, five five fifty is. Uh, I mean, used to be a lot of horsepower, but used sort of isn't anymore. I guess nope. in the uh, in the grand scheme of things.
0: No, it just. I'm sorry, it just isn't. I mean, there are. I can name. Uh, there's the. Corvette ZR1. There's the Dodge Viper. There's the uh, There's the Mustang SVT. Those are three cars right there that you can get for well, the ZR1 I'm not sure about, but you can get for right around a hundred grand or under a hundred grand. One hundred thousand dollars. That's over six hundred horsepower. Let alone Let alone you know the Ferrari six twelve Scaglietti or the GTO uh, Ferrari or you know any whatever Lamborghinis you want to point to. Anything basically other than the Gallardo make over 600 horsepower. And so, if you're in the supergar realm, you're way over 600. And even in the higher-end sports car realm here in America, you're over 600. Well over. And for the Indy car to be a 2.2 liter V6 that makes 550 horsepower is lame. I'm sorry. It should be 850 horsepower, and it should be... Pound, raw, kind of raw. Like they should have like two V8s in them, side by side. They should have either two V8s or one V16. Yes. The, okay,
1: that would be that would be a sound. That would be a sound. <laughs> get right on. So. I guess I wasn't expecting that you would watch this and be like, "Oh my gosh, IndyCar is amazing! I don't care about Formula One anymore. IndyCar is my life." But well, you was right it was that. it better than you expected, or just pretty much what you what you expected for having been kind of away from it for a while?
0: I mean, it was a it was a. I mean, I, like we discussed, I used to be a big fan of this form of racing that used to be called Champ Car, but we are talking about IndyCar racing here, and I have a lot of respect for the drivers that are in there. They're they're good guys, but I have to say. The way the sanctioning body handles some things is less than amazing. Yeah. And uh, the driving doesn't come off as quite as top-notch as it does in Formula Mm 1. And let's be honest, this Detroit Grand Prix was not an excellent example for these guys. Six yellow flags.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of that, as we we were talking about there, is the way they do this restart procedure, that on a street circuit like this, to to go double file side-by-side for restarts... Ridiculous! ...just doesn't really make any sense at all um, i completely
0: i mean was blown away by that it
1: one. seems it strikes me as someone trying to improve the show if what they want to improve about the show is hey people like to see crashes and that's always dramatic so right. how can we get more crashes well right. if we have a, a, everybody on restarts go side by side instead of single file in the right order um i mean i guess it does mix things up and provides a passing opportunity but also that was a lot of the uh, i don't know how many of, of the yellows we saw but we're you know within a lap or half a lap of of a restart um just because everyone is so bunched up together right and and there's not a lot of options to go and and yeah you know
0: just plus it's the best opportunity to try to sneak a pass in right you've been forced into a bunch up opportunity you are indeed side by side to start so this is the time to push try to break a little later try to force the issue a little bit and uh i'm sorry it's just a Bad idea on a street course, and the Detroit Grand Prix I think is a cool event for a lot of reasons, but it is it is fairly close to Monaco in terms of its width. It's not a very it's fairly narrow roads, and it's concrete barriers. Once the roads are gone, so you do not have much of any run runoff room in any area, and turns one and two. Um, coming off the back straight-ish area, yeah. they're pretty darn quick corners. Mm-hmm. They're not uh, high-speed, 120-mile-an-hour corners, but they're probably going 85, 90 miles an hour. And that's not a place to try to force an issue. Yeah. There's still way too much energy involved.
1: Right on. So I think we can, we can say there are a few things IndyCar could look at, a handful of things they could look at to improve. Two handfuls. Two handfuls. That, that, that's really all you need, really. Two handfuls. Two handfuls. Um, to improve the, you know, just the experience, the show of it. Which I don't, you know, I, I certainly some people probably go there to, to watch crashes or pet casual fans or whatever. But I don't think as a you know serious sport that that's something that you want to optimize for. Um, it's like, hey, our cars are safe, so we can crash them all the time. Like, does not seem like a sustainable uh, kind of practice. So agreed. If they were to look at that a, a little bit, and yeah, I mean the power thing, uh, I think it's been interesting for. Uh, Formula One, I don't know that many people as fans um, are F1 fans because, hey, look, these cars are hybrids, and I'm really such a fan of hybrids that I want to see them go.
0: Oh, that's definitely true.
1: But it's a it's an angle, it's an element partly of making more power, but partly of being creative about it and getting some manufacturer interest right. um, for companies. You know, of course, Honda being the big example now.
0: Well, and the other thing I think is pretty serious is staying relevant. You know, Formula One for such a long time really was the pinnacle of technology where lots of new ideas would get introduced, right? That was one of the theories. And nowadays, uh, it's true. I mean, the Ferrari road cars are excellent examples. There's more technology, new technology into the road car than there is the race car just because of what's being limited.
1: Yeah, a lot of it just comes down to the... Um, just the rules and exactly, you know, where they want to decide that there should be innovation and where they don't. And, uh, you know, some different series have different uh, different angles on that. I guess the whole thing with right. IndyCar has been E85 ethanol and saying, hey, it's right. a clean fuel and whatever, and, and you know, whatever. That's uh, not a whole uh, conversation we need and to get right have now. And they do have
0: the 15-second long push to pass, which I believe is an extra 75 horsepower. So I guess these things are, at in limited moments, capable of making 625 horsepower. But again push that pass, you could very much say well that's their answer that's their DRS solution totally fair I'm not going to argue with that although it looked
1: like it could use it defensively which oh definitely is yeah they
0: they they were allowed to use it 6 or 7 times per race and that was whenever they wanted yeah. to and fine fair play that that I'm not going to argue with but this is this is the type of place where horsepower can make a difference visually Not to mention what can just be discussed about this race car. When you talk about your drivers being rough guys that can deal with this and so on and so forth. Look, when they're handling 800, 800, 900 horsepower, to me, that says more than if they're handling 550 horsepower. And they were going down the long back straight and getting up to 165 miles an hour. I'm sorry. That, to me, is not an impressive enough number. I mean, they go over 175 in Monaco, and Monaco is shorter and tighter than the Detroit Grand Prix by a considerable amount, and uh, to me that's just not acceptable. And I've gone personally, I've gone way faster than 165 miles an hour, and uh, on a road circuit though in Detroit, not on a road circuit in Detroit. Although it was in the Detroit area, so I mean, I've gone, uh, I've gone a lot faster. So the point is, it sh- it should be impressive even to guys like me who have had a little bit of exposure to these type of things. And Formula 1 is And Formula 1 definitely is. And IndyCar is not. And IndyCar is not. Although that all said, I don't want to come off as being too hard. It was some there was some definitely some interesting racing and I you know, I do have respect for uh, some of the younger guys that are coming up and coming into it,
1: yeah, so I guess we should mention uh you know well done Simon Panot for his debut victory
0: very true um
1: first victory uh, in in quite a few tries, but uh that 's you know good job for him and,
0: and it was a proper he raced well he, victory yeah he Fuel conservation something
1: no it was uh, it was good stuff, and I also would say you know for the Detroit Grand Prix as an event. Um, you know, it's, it wasn't. It doesn't have the money behind it like Circuit of the Americas, like like the inaugural Formula One, um, right. which of course was our deal back in November, but. Um, it's, you know, I like that there's an event in Detroit. I think it's cool that, you know, we we're close enough that we could go to it. We have, have some access. And it, the new track layout, pretty darn good. Yeah, it seemed, seemed like, you know, everyone seemed happy about it. I didn't hear any negative complaints about how the new track layout was lame or anything like that. I think right. it, was, it was good. And, uh, of course, the surface didn't come apart during the IndyCar race, which is a step
0: up from uh, what we had before. Very true. Um, but Although, if you just have, uh, you know, 550 horsepower just nudging a tire down the road, eh, <laughs> That I don't again. know if that really would be a
1: right issue. And there was also a Rolex Grand Am race this yes, weekend, um, which cool. was cool. And the uh, Pirelli World Challenge, of course, as well. We should mention, and uh, which all,
0: all of that provided some good racing. I mean,
1: there's yeah. you know fair number of yellows just because of the so, so
0: little runoff and so on. What would you say the Pirelli World Challenge is closest to? I, I, it's almost like a detuned version of V8 supercar in the sense that it's more of a it's more about road racing. But it is manufacturer-based, but it is, at the end of the day, pretty far from the base-manufactured car. Well... I, I don't even know where to what to relate it to, because it's nothing like the European Touring Car Championships. You know what I mean? Like, DTM is, like, heavy, way serious. DTM is, but like... And British Touring Car, I don't know. They, I think they're more serious, aren't they?
1: Uh, I think it's being maybe on par with uh, with BTCC or really? WTCC. Okay. Yeah. Um so there, and there's the two classes. So there's GTS, which are really purpose-built race cars that just have a body shell that look like the uh, like the production car, and that's where we find. Um, well, I mean, I guess they already, wait. Are you
0: talking about Speed World Challenge? Well, uh, yeah, Pirelli World Challenge. I thought GT was the bigger class, um, and GTS was the sedan class. Or that's thing. the one.
1: Um, so the <laughs> GT cars, which are um, you know on par with sort of the, the you know Le Mans running GT cars. And uh, and those are like an R8 GT, uh, there's yes. an SLS in that field. Uh, the uh, you know CTSVs, and actually a Volvo up front. CTSVs um, is Cadillac, proper right. car. Right. Um, and then yeah, and then the production base. So those are you know purpose-built race cars, and then the production-based cars, which is kind of cool because there's a big wide range. From you know we saw Lotus Exige's versus Mustangs versus yes. a Pontiac
0: Solstice Coupe of all things, and a Kia Optima.
1: Yes. Uh, so just all over the map. Which,
0: by the way, we don't say that facetiously. The Kia Optima was very good. It finished second today. I yeah, think. they won
1: the race yesterday and finished second today. So, I mean, well done for, uh, you know, it's uh, great to see, you know, programs like that uh, doing their thing. So, um, you know, so it's a, it's a fun, uh, you know, number of races and, uh, you know, some production-based stuff, some open wheel, some, you know, sort of Le Mans-style stuff. Uh, you know, cars and, and, you know, good talent and, you know, all the sort of the best American talent, uh, I think, is sort of here this weekend from, uh, with all those various series coming together.
0: I mean, you know, there is life after Formula One, after all. There is a little bit, there's a little bit there to, like, scrape out and say, yeah, that's actually not bad. And, uh, you know, we are definitely firm Formula One, uh, Formula One fans and aficionados and everything, but... You know, this was a nice, healthy reminder that, yes, other racing is pretty fantastic, too.
1: Other racing is cool, and sports cars are cool, and, you know, Le Mans is coming up, and there's all kinds of other things. Uh, So, you know, it's – yeah, it's just kind of good. And and to see some of this live without having to, you know, drive
0: for 20 hours or whatever – Oh, um, you well, know, there are some advantages is, is a yeah. nice, uh, it's a nice a nice little deal you know Although I do enjoy driving for 20 hours too Yeah
1: as do I um as yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's all part of the fun so all part of we it. will actually be back in just a week's time with coverage yes. from Canada so uh you get kind of three shows in a row here from us as we're in the the, the thick of racing season yes, but right this, now Yes this
0: this one's about American racing Blah. and cars that go Wah. and cars that go Wah. Yeah well anyway um Oh they're coming down the back street
1: as we said before, please do stop by funwithcars.com. You can comment on the post. You can, uh, you can visit our Facebook page, uh, Twitter feed, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, let us know what you think. And, yeah, uh, please.
0: This one is an important one. We want to hear two things. A, do you agree with us or disagree with us about the American racing we discussed? It's definitely IndyCar. And two, how do you feel about us talking to you about not Formula One entirely? <laughs> hey, there
1: you go. Um, for for all that stuff in the meantime funwithcars.com is the place to
0: be thanks for joining us I am Jim Lau and I'm Robin Warner just reminding you sticks and stones may break your bones but words hurt worse actually if you think about it words can really hurt